What's up, everybody, and welcome to Over the Top. Finally, the wait is over for the return of the English Premier League after a two-week international break. Thank God, and I say that as someone who's actually interested in my national team right now with USMNT. Justin, you're probably feeling the same way. It's Match Week 30. I'm Kyle, and I've got my man Justin here. How you doing, man? Good, Kyle. Feels like we've had a long hiatus, but I'm sure it's not actually that long. It feels like it, though, doesn't it? It was both a nice break, but at the same time, I've been itching to come back and talk about all the things that have happened. Not really looking forward to talking about my team, but both in terms of the matches and little storylines and things going on, it's it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. We have five, six teams battling for the top two last two spots in the Premier League, because we're assuming... Manchester City is going to win the Premier League. It seems like they're running away from it, from the rest of the pack. And then you, Manchester United starting to pull away a little bit too, Kyle. So it's that third and fourth positions that are crazy close from fourth place at 52 points all the way down to eighth place at 47, Kyle. Yeah, it, it feels pretty crazy, honestly, that here we were after united lost 6-1 to spurs we were saying ollie out he's gonna be out by christmas or underperforming not doing well and with you got to say probably like 10 games of the season left they seem like a total lock for that top four spot uh lester it looks like they could be pretty meh throughout the rest of the season and still have a hell of a chance to still finish in the top four so it's just who wants it does anyone want that fourth spot well kyle i mean Clearly, Chelsea do not want it, but we'll get to that in a second. But at the bottom of the table, Kyle, look, don't look now. Sheffield United at 14 points. <laughs> look out. Look out. I actually was thinking recently, when can Sheffield United officially be relegated? Like, can it just already happen? I mean, it must be able to happen in the next probably even three weeks. Honestly. Yeah, so they're 15 bo- points behind Newcastle, which equates to five games, right? So if Newcastle lose out, um, so by week match week 33, I guess they could be, I guess they could technically come back on goal difference, but that would be a real stretch. So I guess by match week 33, probably. So you're saying there's a chance. Man. Ugh. Sheffield, oh my gosh, what a disappointment. Man. I know, I know. Definitely have to be out there with one of the most disappointing storylines of the whole season. You could probably throw a bail into there. Maybe Tottenham as a whole. Wolves? I mean, damn, Wolves are sitting in 14th place. Bale? I don't know if I'd throw Bale into that. Not quite the impact that you would imagine, but there's well, also, some didn't Jose, play. also some Jose fuckery in there, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right, now let's actually get to Chelsea. So Chelsea, Kyle... They went and hosted, they hosted our favorite team, Barcode FC, this last weekend. And they lost 5-2. to two. Kyle, Chelsea lost to West Bromwich Albion 5-2. to two. West Brom nearly pulled the double on Chelsea. If they didn't in that first game come back from a 3-0 deficit, they would, have, they would have done the double. And so West Brom, let's just do a little quick stat for you. Um, West Brom have scored they've scored 25 goals this season and 8 of those have been Chelsea so in the other 28 games they've scored 17 goals I mean seriously take your pick of all the weird stats that come out of this game 
I mean, the scoreline, of course, is bizarre. The fact that West Brom scored five goals in a game is bizarre. Here's one that's really weird. Callum Robinson has five goals in the league this season. All come against Chelsea. I don't know what's the weirdest of the bunch. I mean, Thomas Tuchel comes in the side. They concede two goals ever since he comes in. And what was it like January, February? And they concede five against Barcode. I mean, what's going on? What happened? I don't know. I mean, we we just have <laughs> we 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 just have to start with West Brom because where else where else do you start? Um, this lifted them to twenty one points on the season, Kyle. So they are now eight behind Newcastle, and so that is a huge gap with how many games are left and just how bad they are. But West Brom two wins or seven points in their last five games for them. That's 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 not terrible. It isn't. I mean, it actually looks like they're is a chance i mean honestly they looked dead and buried like just as much as even two weeks ago three weeks ago uh no idea where this came from but you gotta say not only this this didn't really look like it i mean it was kind of a fluky game but the goals in this game i mean they scored some bangers i mean callum robinson's first goal i mean beautiful his second goal is a chip over mendy uh there was a goal uh that dianya finished off where they were looking like Barcelona, okay, that's a stretch, but Glory like, days, Barcelona, yeah, not still. Different. I mean, what a team goal from that, from that, uh, from barcode on that one. So, ah, uh, this is just bizarre. It's actually kind of difficult to know where to start with this one or to analyze what happened, um, beyond Tiago Silva, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But you got to give barcode credit, man. Uh, let's not get too far and carried away with our barcode praise because they play their last eight Southampton, Leicester, Aston Villa, Wolves, Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham, Leeds, United. They're not going to win many of those games, so let alone three to even tie Newcastle. So it's still bye-bye for barcode, but hell of a performance. Chelsea Football Club, Kyle. We had said for a long time that they had a pretty easy stretch when we did our second half previews and whatnot. They had a really easy stretch through the middle part of their second half of the season, which is right now. If they want to finish top four, Kyle, they cannot be losing at home five to two to West Bromwich Albion, Kyle. It's ridiculous. I believe we called this stretch of their season cakewalk. I mean, we're in serious cakewalk territory. And this match followed up a nil-nil, like, drab draw against Leeds United. And um, you look at the remaining schedule now, it is not quite as easy as, you know, what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. Uh, let's run through these real quick. I mean, it's it's not the most difficult schedule in the world, but in the Premier League, they have Crystal Palace, Brighton, uh, resurgent, what not resurgent, but like a really quality West Ham side that are playing great. Fulham, blow kind of hot and cold, but they'll be fine on relegation battle, you don't know. But this is where it gets tough for Chelsea. Man City, Arsenal, Leicester City, Aston Villa. That is not a cakewalk. So they can't be having results like this. And Man City, you know, they they might have the title wrapped up by then. Likely will, given if, if things hold constant. And their B team could still build, beat Chelsea. That's how good this Manchester City team is this season. So... Man, it, it's getting tougher and tougher to say Chelsea are in that top four for sure. They, they're a solid maybe. They're definitely, so, 100%, 100%. It's funny because the two teams we've said are going to be locked. Back in the day, you know, a couple weeks ago, we said Liverpool. Um, and then one or two weeks ago, we said Chelsea were locked. None of that is happening right now. 
Uh, but real quick, I did want to touch upon on Chelsea. Uh, goes without saying that Thiago Ni- uh, Silva had a little bit of a nightmare. I think he hasn't played in maybe eight, nine, ten Premier League matches in a row. First game back, two really dumb, crazy yellow card challenges. The first one, you, you could say maybe red card. I think it'd be harsh, but that wasn't a good look. Um, but the one positive for U.S. fans, Christian Pulisic finally starts. He scores, but I don't think anyone's paying attention to that in this game. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, maybe he didn't do his defensive duties because you gave up five goals to West Brom. <laughs> it almost oh. seems like there's a negative. Uh, no, I'm not making that up. That's what I saw on Twitter from the you know the Twitterverse out there. So it shows you how knowledgeable the Chelsea fans are on Twitter. Almost just as I mean, still a nudge above Arsenal, but you know, <laughs> and and just a very very small nudge above Spurs, who are now getting to be toxic online too. Uh, let's move to Leeds United, Kyle. They beat Sheffield two to one. Um, Jack Harrison with a goal and assist, which is the second leading scorer for Leeds after Patrick Bamford. I mean, Leeds United, it's kind of what they do. They're hot and cold. They just lay a dud against a better team against a shitty team. They go out and perform like they're supposed to. And it's just true mid table form. And so it's kind of what you can expect from them. 100%. 100%. And you can expect some more very meh performances from Sheffield. I mean, man, this looks like a championship quality side if I've ever seen one. The if Premier League. That. I mean, they're up there with the, the Huddersfields out there in the world. So they are no bueno. But one team that is pretty bueno, Manchester City 2-0 over Leicester City. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne. Wow. I mean, just watching this game, you could look at stats, but you could also just watch a game with your two eyeballs. And him in this match was unbelievable, head and shoulders above everyone. The killer pass on that second goal was ridiculous with, uh, I think it was both Soyuncu and Evans trying to slide there to get there. And they were both like an inch away, honestly. In- like Inches, yeah. centimeters. I mean, it was an unbelievable pass. Um, he also had an assist, hit the crossbar on a free kick as well. Um, I mean, what more can you say about this guy? You know... Yeah, I mean, he's he's the best in the Premier League at his position by far, and I don't think it's close, honestly. Best best in his position in the world, probably. I mean, probably, yeah. Who else is up there in that creative sort of cam role? I mean, Bruno, some would say, but I, I don't think he's on the same level as De Bruyne. I mean, Bruno's been very good. And don't want to take too much away from him, but yes. like, it's. I mean, it's a kind of a position that's dying, Kyle. And you know, in world football, the Ozil, the Goatsa, the I mean Goatsa, that's probably not a fair. He hasn't been good in a long time. But <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> the Hamas, the, tr- the true Hamas, you know, role. I mean yeah. Hamas scored this weekend, but uh yeah, I mean yeah. he's just killer. Um Fernandinho and Rodri clean things up nicely in this game. Fernandinho to how old is Fernandinho? I feel like he's old. I think he's like thirty-five years old. I mean, the way he played in this match, he could be given an extra year or two in his contract to still be there. I mean, he uh, City pressed the shit out of Leicester. They I mean, did. Leicester weren't even in the game this entire you match. And- I, I want to refute that a little bit, but go ahead. Okay, okay. I mean, the stats say otherwise, but when I was watching this match, I just it seemed like Fernandinho and Rodri were literally cleaning up everything, and Leicester struggled to get out of their, their half. Uh, that's at least what I saw, but refute me. Come on. Um, well, they definitely were the second best team. I'm not refuting that, but I want to, I don't want to say they got played off the park because I think their strategy going into the game and especially executed in the first half was really well done. 
I thought they they sat compact. They had a really good shape, as the announcers were saying on the broadcast, where it was like, you know, they would drop back from Ianacho and Vardy to almost have a four in the midfield and then have five at the back. And then when they attacked, it was a four-four-two. So I really liked how that set up. Um, City in the second half, where they just were too resilient. I mean, there was there were chances in the first half that City could have scored for sure, but in the second half, it was just a bludgeoning, and then. Benjamin Mendy getting a rebound right-footed, like like uh, almost a slight curl pass into the bottom right corner. So that was really nice. So I don't want to say they got played off the park because City's been doing that to everyone. I thought they actually came in with a good strategy, but yeah, I mean. No, no shame. Out. No shame in losing 2-0 to, to City. I mean, they, for me, I would go as far to put City as my Champions League favorites. I know they have that big mental block, but their solid defenses here just it, it it's a different team and i would put my money on them but uh really interesting back to city with their starting lineup they started with sergio guero big news of him uh which we'll get to in a second uh from over the international break he started alongside gabriel jesus um from no strikers to two strikers Kyle. <laughs> yeah no, no kidding no kidding i mean aguero uh again um wasn't the most involved in this game ever as he's been all season, but it was announced during international break that he'll leave once his contract is finished by the end of the year. Uh, again, this is something we'll talk about after we run through all the games, but very, very interesting indeed. End of an era, Kyle. Um, Seriously, all time great. Seriously. But, but City, you know, just walking, prancing towards the title, Leicester City, interesting things ahead, including Definitely. this weekend where they play West Ham. Arsenal Football Club, Kyle. They hosted Liverpool in one of the marquee games. Uh, I think it was on Saturday afternoon around. I think it was at noon. I think it was the noon game. They looked probably worse than I've ever seen them play, honestly. Honest to God. I have never seen an Arsenal Football Club team be more dominated from top to bottom uh, than I've ever seen in this game. Like, I'm just, I don't have words. I'm just flabbergasted how poor this team was. Arteta now, you have to ask questions about him, right? Because he has a Absolutely. worse record than Emery did. Um, more losses than like any Arsenal manager has had through this stage of the season. So what are, what are they doing, Kyle? What's going on? I, you have to ask questions about, about Arteta and Arsenal. I mean, they're sitting in 10th place right now, and they have been playing all season like they fully belong to be in 10th place. I mean, they're a mm-hmm. mid-table side. And you look at that squad and who they have on their team, they still have some good players, even though I would argue it's not big six quality. I, I think Leicester have a better squad than them, for example. But still some stardust sprinkled throughout that squad and promising young players like Odegaard and Saka. But man, it is just... I don't get what their tactics are. I don't get what Arteta's going... For them, I, I think Arsenal fans and the English media have been incredibly kind to Arteta for some reason. I mean, you always hear there's a direction that he, you know, I, I think the fact that he was brought up in this like Pep City coaching staff gives people this idea that he's a progressive manager. But I have not seen that out of this Arsenal team. They were, you're right, they were totally dominated top to bottom. It was, it was bad. No bueno. 
Liverpool, Kyle, let's go to them. Cause I, I just can't even talk about Arsenal. I would just shit on every single one of their players. Um, Liverpool were dominating. And how big of an impact is Diogo Jota coming back from injury? Not only just like not taking any time to score, but he scored two goals in this game, Kyle. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's doing things on the pitch that he wasn't even doing for Wolves. I mean, granted, he was a good player for them, but, you know, good in the box. He's arriving at the perfect time. Uh, he has this hunger that the other three Liverpool attackers don't seem to have. I mean, talk about other attackers. Sadio Mane. I mean, I know, I know Liverpool are good in this game, but he's been almost like non-existent this whole season. So where would they be without Jota? It seriously makes you wonder, even though he's been out for a couple months. But Liverpool, they just, they completely controlled this game. 64% possession, like more than twice as many shots. I mean, you name it, passes probably. I mean, they pressed the shit out of this Arsenal team and they just could not get out from the back. And they were just making, Arsenal were making mistake after mistake after mistake. Um, and a lot of that credit has to go to Liverpool with their press. We finally saw it back again this season. And it's crazy with, you know, such young and inexperienced center backs that Arsenal couldn't muster more than three shots against Liverpool. That's pretty astounding. Yeah, it really is. Especially after we saw, I mean, granted, Arsenal and Real Madrid, very, very different teams. But Real Madrid, like, took Liverpool's back line to town in the Champions League, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. But um, and Trent really struggled in that game, but he did not struggle in this match. He, uh, you know, recently, uh, was left out of the England squad after a lot of poor performances, responds with a great assist. He could have had a lot more in this game. Um, but yeah, returned to the struggle bus in the Champions League, but he was everywhere in this game. Southampton hosted Burnley this weekend and they won three to two. I don't have a lot to say about this one other than Danny Ings was uh he was tearing Burnley to shreds Kyle he was I mean who would have seen this game and thought you know what that could be one of the most entertaining matches of the weekend but lo and behold 3-2 Danny Ings was on when that goal he had where he just totally sat the defender on his ass was so saucy and he was also involved in the third goal and also had an assist um great comeback after a shocking start from Southampton. Good win for Southampton too. It puts them only six points behind Arsenal. And we had talked about that pre-show, which that sounds crazy to me because Southampton obviously had a great, great start to the season. And then we're just absolute dog shit for so long, including losing nine nil to Manchester United. Um, now they're here. They are in mid table. No, I don't, I don't think they have any worries about relegation personally. No, that would have to be another just terrible collapse. No, they're good. I, I think this game, um, you know, coming back to beat Burnley, a relegation rival, um, you know, pretty much sets them over the over that hill. Kyle, why don't you introduce our next game? Uh, you know, I was really trying to keep on talking about Southampton Burnley, so I wouldn't have to do this. But here we are. Newcastle United two. Yes, they scored two goals, which is shocking in itself. Tottenham Hotspur two. Oh my days, where do I even begin on this game? I know it was not a loss, but it sure as hell feels like a loss to Spurs fans. Um, Harry Kane had two goals within you know three or four minutes of each other. Um, but Spurs were horrible defensively, and they were horrible in the team's shape. The individuals on that defense were just god-awful. Newcastle had over 4 XG. I mean, 
let me read that one more time. Newcastle had over 4 XG, and this was a Newcastle side that had no Callum Wilson, uh, who's been out injured. St. Maximan was on the bench after he's been out injured for a while. He played for about maybe 25 minutes. Miguel Almiron, his first game back from injury as well, he started. Those are Newcastle's like only three good attackers. This team had Jolinton starting at striker in Dwight Gale. And um, Jolinton scored against him. So any team who gets scored on by Jolinton, I mean, good God, man. Doctor wages or something because that was awful. Awful. You know how we say blasted to outer space when something, you know, something is boring or is not fit for the Premier League, but... I almost think we should sink the Tottenham defenders to the depths of the ocean for allowing 22 shots and four expected goals to Newcastle. Like, I honestly don't think I've ever seen Newcastle have more XG or shots than they've had in this game. And what you said, 17 yeah. inside the box or something? Inside so, the box. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, what like other I, defense in the Premier League would allow Newcastle to do that? Name I one. just can't. I just can't get a team that starts Jolinton up top gets over four XG. I just like... I have lost countless nights of sleep over that since this game happened on Sunday. So, I mean, good God. Uh, Sanch- Davinson Sanchez in this game gave the ball away 21 times. Uh, Jaffet Tanganga, yes, he's young and he's not really a right back, but he looked awful at right back. And uh, a player who's been great since he signed for Spurs, but has really gone off the boil recently. Uh, Sergio Regulon also put in a real stinker, but uh, Davinson Sanchez takes a cake. I mean, that was a true... 1 out of 10 performance. And um, another 1 out of 10 performance. Good God, man. Jose Mourinho in his press conference. I mean, we'll touch upon this after those games. It was like the old Jose was back. But yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that a little more later. All right, Kyle. I'll uh, take you out of your misery right now and move on. But that, I mean, just a terrible, awful, awful... Europa League quality team maybe performance from Tottenham Hotspur. Especially after Chelsea lost 5-2 to West Brom. And Spurs, if they won this game, they'd be in fourth place. I can't believe that. But, of course. And that just tells you they're still in it. Isn't that crazy? That, and, and, and again, like that, that's what's so interesting about all these narratives. If you talk to Spurs fans in the media, you'd think it'd be doom and gloom. But they have a final coming up in... 12 days or something like that. And they're three points off fourth place of West Brom team in fourth place, or sorry, West Ham in fourth place. So, Oh man. Aston Villa, Kyle. Um, they beat Fulham three to one in this game. And really it was the substitutes that changed this game. It's in particular Trezeguet. He came on with what? 20 minutes left and just blitzed Fulham two goals in what the 78th and 81st minutes or something like that. And the game was done and dusted after that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Aston Villa finally looked like they could create an attack and, you know, play progressive football. Finally, you know, without Grealish granted, this is against a Fulham side that really is picked the wrong time to hit poor form. They're starting to let in goals. Um, Suddenly they're what I think three points behind Newcastle, maybe four points with one more game played. So, Mm-hmm. But you got to say, credit to Trezeguet. I mean, Aston Villa, after last season, looked like they had hardly any talent on that squad. Suddenly, they've got options all over the pitch. So, um, great season from them. Great season. Yeah, I'm not ruling out Fulham by any stretch because the quality, they have looked so much better. So even in this loss, like they didn't look absolutely ass like they did in the beginning parts of the season, but they are in a bad run of form. But 
It's going to be interesting. Grealish should be back soon, right? So um, Probably next game. Can Aston Villa do anything? They're sitting in ninth right now with a game in hand. So can they climb into those Europa League places? It's possible. It's unlikely, but it's definitely possible. Uh, Manchester United, Kyle, they beat Brighton 2-1 to one late. Um, they were down Brighton 1-0 early in this game, um, but turned it around in the second half. So, oh, Brighton, Brighton, Brighton. I really hoped they were going to do something here, Kyle, and for my own selfish reasons to make two through eight more interesting. But United, you have to give them credit. Even when they look like shit, they're pulling results out of their ass, Kyle. 100%. I mean, in this this time, finally, it was Mason Greenwood, who you got to say has had a, tech, uh, a, a tough second season, which is pretty normal. Honestly, it happens. But uh, with his goal in the 83rd minute, a real striker's goal. But you're totally right. United were awful in that first half. Brighton were well-deserved of their lead. Um, I thought they were clearly the better team. But United, they just have this this ability to turn it on and uh, really kick it up a few gears. And they showed a lot of character in that second half. And what's interesting about Manchester United, and I'm really, both of us are really eating our words here, but it's really me. I was the one saying that Ollie would be out by Christmas after they got smacked by Tottenham 6-1. I mean, God, how long ago does that seem? But here we are, eight games left in the season. United look like a comfortable bet for the top four, almost a shoe-in. And not only that, Ollie's given this team a lot of character or whatever he's saying in the dressing room seems to be doing something to them. So uh, they've got characters in that dressing room. They show up when they need to, and they can right the wrongs that they put out pretty regularly in the first half. So got to give them credit, man. Got to give them credit. Very true. I have two things to say. One, Brighton is known for being XG warriors. They had no shots in the second half, so that probably didn't help their cause for winning this game. Number two... United seem to have a little bit of a keeper battle, Kyle, between Dean Henderson and David De Gea. David De Gea coming back from Spain after his wife had a baby, not immediately starting. Started in the in the Europa League game, but hasn't started for the in the Premier League. So Dean Henderson winning that spot, I think it's I think it's up in the air. Yeah, and you you got to say it with with De Gea, it's really weird because it's gotten to a point where. It's no longer about bad form. I mean, this has been like three years at this point. Um, sure, Dean Henderson might not be as good of a shot stopper, but he is way more commanding back there. I mean, he's great with crosses. He really, um, you know, I, I get the sense he talks a lot more than De Gea. But yeah, it's really, really interesting. And it's just now United have a keeper on the bench on 300,000 a week. 300,000, 350,000 pounds a week. So. My God, United and their brilliant, brilliant business, huh? I don't have much to say about this next game, Kyle. Everton tied Crystal Palace 1-1. to James is back and scores, which is cool to see. But other than that, Everton weren't very good, and neither were Crystal Palace, to be fair. But Mishi Batshuayi scoring at the death, really, to tie this mm-hmm. game and snatch two points away from Everton, which if they had won that game, they still have a game in hand. They would have been in a really good position if they had won this game. So... Missed opportunity for Everton, and I know we're kind of more skeptical on Everton, but they're in it. They are in it, which is really weird because I feel like Everton have been putting in very, very meh performances for 
10 plus matches now in a row. I mean, yeah, they don't look particularly solid in the back like they used to. Calvert Lewin isn't banging in the goals. I mean, it's a positive that James is finally back. I think he missed like seven, eight games, something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not too impressed with Everton. Um, Crystal Palace, really quickly. Uh, Batch Hawaii came out in the press maybe last week complaining about his lack of playing time, was critical of Roy Hodgson. Finally gets a chance, gets him a point. Not bad, but still, I have, I don't know. That's that's a player who's really been disappointing in his career so far for me. His best spell by far in recent memory since he transferred into Chelsea was that spell at Dortmund, Kyle. Oddly enough, he came to Dortmund for what half a season and was really good. Um, smashed it. And then went to Valencia and was awful. It's so strange. Bizarre. It really is. Uh, lastly, Kyle, uh, one that I was excited about, I almost uh, texted you before the game. I had this thought of like, ooh, Wolves and West Ham. And I looked at Wolves' starting lineup and it was kind of sexy. It had uh, Adama Traore, it had Podence, it had William Jose, and it had Pedro Neto all starting. And yeah. then I checked the game again and West Ham were up 3 0 at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> that just shows you. Uh, the power of Jesse Lingard, Kyle. Is that, is that really what that shows? I mean, it's, I mean, he I mean, kind of had a ridiculous. Kind of, ridic- does, I mean, didn't honestly. he have a goal and assist? I mean, what are we doing? Like, yeah, I, I'm, and, he's already way surpassed the five goals or more target that we had set, and there's eight games left. Like, what? 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 What is happening? Yeah, where is this coming from? And not only did he have a goal and, a, and an assist, but his best moment in this game went full Berbatov with, you know, that turn on that second goal. Anyone who watched the highlights for this match will know exactly what I'm talking about uh, for, I think it was for Niles' goal. But, man, I mean, what a ridiculous performance. He's doing this week after week, and it's not just, like, goal involvements, which I thought is what he was known for at United. He just would go missing for full games and then show up with a big goal in a big match. But his all-around performances, I mean... Really, really interesting situation with Jesse Lingard, um, which we'll talk about a little bit more. But West Ham, this win puts them fourth place with eight games to go. I mean, wow. Like, that's just, it's really hard to wrap your head around, but they deserve it. And with Jesse Lingard spurring them on, you can see why they're in that position. Yeah, absolutely. And they're a disciplined team, although they almost gave up this lead late on. But, um, I mean, Wolves in this game didn't look terrible. I mean, they had 67% possession in 20 shots. Like, they were, and especially yeah. in the second half, they were pounding them. But, I mean, that's what happens when you score three first-half goals. You don't have to put your yeah. foot on the well, pedal. Well, I will say, like, Wolves in that first half, like, sure, West Ham scored three goals, and sure, Lingard was great, but their midfield was, like, non-existent defensively. I, I think two of these were breakaway goals. That That one where Lingard went through... The whole team from the halfway line. I mean, Wolves' midfield and defense was nowhere to be found. So and I, think I don't really what, know. I don't know what's happened to Wolves. It's kind of hard to. It's it's beyond Jimenez's injury. It really oh, is. Oh, for sure. Um, Nelson Semedo has been disappointing, given his transfer fee from Barcelona. Um, they did kind of play suicidal in this game a little bit, though. Podence, Neto, Adama Traore, and William Jose all starting. That leaves yeah. two in the midfield when West Ham play, you know, th- three at the top and three in midfield. That's 
But still, this is a Wolves team that has Matinho, Ruben Neves, Den Donker. I mean, maybe Den Donker is playing defense, but like, I don't, I don't know what. How is that midfield getting dominated so badly? And speaking They're of slow. which, like Ruben Neves, like he was supposed to be a great prospect, and what what's happened to him? I mean, it's probably unfair because the whole team has been really, really poor, but except for like Pedro Neto and Podence, really. Right. I don't know. I don't know, but. Next, I mean, it's a next season problem. They're going to be fine, and will they get Raul back? I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, that's it, Kyle. That's all the games that we had this week. So next, we're going to get into some storylines, some some spicy and some sad a little bit for me as a half, not even half quarter Manchester City fan. Uh, but let's start with Jesse Lingard, Kyle. He moves to West Ham United in the winter and we made a bet that Lingard would not score five goals or more. And you're like, Oh yeah, I think he'll score five goals or more. And he has six goals and three assists with eight games left. Kyle, mm-hmm. what, what, what happened? I'm, I'm just trying to think I mean, what this form was. I mean, talk about eating our words. Anyone who is one of the OG listeners of this podcast it was listening last season when we were really just kind of doing this off the cuff with zero planning. Jesse Lingard was the butt of all of our jokes. I mean, we dogged on this guy over yeah. and over, and I've never, never been convinced of him as a player. Like I said earlier, he'd pop up with the big goal in like an FA Cup final or whatever. But I just thought he had nothing to his game. But I still was confident that he at least was good enough around the box to get five goals. But I don't think anyone saw this coming, and you see him now. He's an England international, 27 years old, plays in that camp position, which is kind of a dying position. I don't know. It's it's a really interesting summer for him, and then seeing him pull that Ber- Berbatov turn, I'm like, wow, okay, maybe there is something here. This is clearly a guy on, on great, great form. United slapping a $30 million uh, pound price tag on him. <laughs> It's not, I don't know. I don't what know. are your He's thoughts not about young. It? We know that. <laughs> you defending Jesse? He is an, he's an England international in his prime, 27 True. years old, Premier League mm-hmm. proven, for 30 million pounds. And you know how expensive English players are. That's, yeah, because he not- might. Because you don't really need him. Yeah. So who's taking him? Where's he going? Uh, not a big, big six club. Big six uh, club. Well, let's run down. Liverpool have no need for him. Uh, yeah, with the no. no. Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I've Leicester counting Leicester as a big six. Yeah, I mean, I said Leicester. Leicester, he could go to Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all these attacking mids and can't figure out. I just, I just think he would go wasted at Arsenal. 
Spurs, I could see it working, but is it just going to be another losing confidence Delhi Ali situation? Yeah, no, it's tough to say. I mean, it seems like anyone who goes to Spurs is just going to show up with this great reputation and just completely lay a turd on the field. I, I but think it's better if, for his if, career to go somewhere else. I feel like he'll get definitely more guaranteed playing time, and that's what he wants, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, as as a obviously the for, good form is like tempting for teams who maybe need a cam, but I still, with Spurs, probably err on the side of like, on a personal level, I probably wouldn't want him. But that being said, they're trying to ship off Deli Alley. I don't know, man. It just has Dan- it just has Daniel Levy written. Who do you, all over who do you, you think's know? a better player right now today, Jesse Lingard or Deli? You got, <laughs> and it's not just the form, but you got to say you got to say Lingard. I mean, how can you justify Deli? I mean, it's I guess Lingard w- went on a really bad run of form for a long time, but with Deli, it's been two years, maybe going more than two years now. Um, and not only that, it looks like he doesn't care anymore. It looks like he's lost his hunger and isn't pacey. I, I don't know. I It's more of me saying I think Delhi's really gone off the boil, but I Delhi definitely has more talent for sure. But we haven't seen it in like forever. Yeah, I mean, today, how can you not say Jesse Lingard, which is crazy. I mean, we dogged, it's we dogged on him so much. This is such a weird conversation. I feel like I have to take a shower or something. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last thing before we move on. If if I'm West Ham, why do I not want Jesse Lingard? I mean, he's come on and been great for you. Why wouldn't you want him? Uh, well, what if United... I, I'm reading that they might make it a stipulation that, okay, you give us... We'll let you have Lingard, but you gotta um, exchange Rice. You oh, know what I mean? some shady shit like that? Yeah, I, I could see that happening where, where United is like demanding Declan Rice or something. Um, It'll be interesting what Declan Rice's situation is because, I mean, if they get Champions League, he's probably going to stay. But if they don't, then what's his, what's his move after the Euros? Um, okay, Kyle. Tottenham Hotspur. Jose Mourinho. He took the job. He's a new man. He's a changed man. You know, he's calmer. He sees things more intellectually, blah, 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 blah. What happened at this press conference? Man, this was seriously like a Jose of old coming back from the woods after like two years of of hiding. I mean, seriously, he was asked, you know, why does this team continue to put in terrible performances even though you change the defense around? And his his response is literally like, same coach, different players. I don't want to speak. They try their best. Like, literally, just... If you're one of those... If you're in that defense, or if you're on this Tottenham team, I don't know. Do you see that as anything other than him totally dogging on you? I mean, it's just... It doesn't fill me with confidence. This was straight up like old Jose coming back, and this is just deflection, deflection, deflection. Um, To be fair, he hasn't really blamed the players this season, and they've seriously underperformed, but... He's not taking any uh, responsibility for this. I don't know, man. This just this just reeks of the beginning of the end, uh, you know, of that like old the Jose process that we know so well, just minus the success that he's had at all of his other clubs. I don't well, know. Don't, don't say that yet. They could win a Carabao Cup. Um, but here's the deal, Kyle. Um, 
the defenders deserve a lot of criticism, right? That, that there's no yeah. arguing that. There's no arguing 100%. that. Totally agree. But as a manager, and especially of a big club, you have to, with injuries, whatever the situation is, right? Budget concerns. You gotta, you gotta make best with what you have. And his rigidity and inability to adapt to his players and say, you know, it's not my way or the highway. It's you know, what I think is best for this club and this team is really hurting Tottenham. I really think it is. And if he doesn't change his ways, I think it's for sure the beginning of the end for him at Tottenham. Yeah, and just, I I tend to agree, honestly, whatever the beginning of the end looks like. I I think a lot of people are thinking that maybe he's out in the summer if they don't win uh, Carabao or don't finish in the top four, I wouldn't be so sure about that. But just, it's not just the results, but this press conference and what he's done with Bale, I mean, Bale literally putting in one bad performance against Arsenal and then he's just like chucked onto the bench. I mean, in this game, he put on against Newcastle, he put Bale on for like five minutes. And I'm like, what is the point? I, I literally don't understand it. And I don't understand his his team selections ever. I mean, every single center back on the squad has had a long period of time riding pine on the bench after he's played regularly for a while. It's like he's, I don't know. He has these players that can put in bad performances and he'll play every game. It doesn't matter. But if you're not one of his six favorite or whatever, you put in one bad performance and he throws you under the bus. And like, I don't really know why, I, why I'm complaining because I think me and you and everyone else could see this coming from a million miles away because this is what he does. And sure, it seemed like he was changing, but this doesn't, um, this does not suggest that he's changed at all, honestly. You can't say that he, there's no other way to put it, but this team is massively overachieved. This is the best Tottenham squad I've ever seen, in my opinion. Uh, since I've been a fan for 15 years, but they've massively underachieved. And with a coach of his pedigree, with his defensive pedigree, you would think that he would do a lot more with this defense. Just hasn't worked. Yeah, I mean, Tottenham should be nowhere around the points that they have right now. They should have at least 60. They should. Um, So definitely a disappointment. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kyle, moving on to our third topic. He has been dropped from the England squad. So it was the internationals right before this last game week, this last match week. Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier of Atletico Madrid, former Spurs great, and Reese James were all listed above uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. And wasn't uh, didn't they come out and say Aaron Wan-Bissaka was ahead of him too? Uh, I thought I read that somewhere. Wan-Bissaka was rated higher in Southgate's mind than Trent. Regardless to say, he's in competition for a very competitive right-back position at the Euros. Um, I'll say my opinion first, Kyle. I mean, Trent, you know, he's been without his starting center backs this season, which is clearly affects confidence and the ability to play his style for sure. But he's been pretty bad this season, Kyle. He really has, especially as a defensive right-back. And... For an England squad that has very high expectations at the Euros, I don't know if you can start or bring someone that risky. Mm, yeah, it's it's a really tricky situation. Uh, you got to say, it is his poor form that has seen him be dropped. It's not like mm-hmm. something with him and the manager. 
um you know i know a lot of people around the world really great trent but um i that defensive vulnerability has always been there granted he's still only 22 years old oh he's young yeah incredibly young and i think people forget that sometimes because he's been playing for like four years now or already but um does he deserve to be behind Walker, Trippier, and Reese James? I still, I would bring him to the Euros, one hundred percent. So who's out? It's, it's. I mean, I think I'm a little biased on this one. I am not a fan of Trippier. Never have been. <laughs> uh, I, I know you can say, oh, he's had a good season. He's gone to Atletico Madrid, but dude, that's one of the he. Simeone is probably the most defensive coach in the world, and I think you could throw in most defenders into his system. Uh, you can't say that about Jose Mourinho, apparently, but you can't. I would say it about Simeone. Um, so I think Trippier looks good by nature of him being an Atletico. Uh, Trippier's only positive to his game is what Trent is the best in the world at, which is crossing. Uh, so I would put him over, over uh, Trippier for sure. And look, I like Reese James a lot. I think he's a fantastic right back prospect for Chelsea. Um, but I wouldn't put Reese James ahead of Trent either. Where um, would you put Aaron Wan-Bissaka? I, oh man, it's, it's weird. It's tricky because United England has such a, such a crazy amount of great left backs and right backs. It's actually pretty shocking. So I actually rate all these players pretty highly except for Trippier, but Wambasaka, I just I've always thought he's a little overrated, especially going forward. Not I don't think he's overrated going forward. I think everyone recognizes he's pretty awful going forward. He cannot pass, he can't cross. But that being said, he can like put anyone in his pocket on any given game because he's such a great one-on-one defender. I mean, a great tackler. He's got these long-ass legs too. And he's like a have, wall, and he could have a role at Euros with that you know sure. that ability. Right, you come on late game. Walker is slides into a five at the back, something. Um, I think the only for sure on that list is Kyle Walker. He has yeah. to go. There's no way yeah. he's right. His yeah. consistency and quality. Uh, Trippier, I think you're a little biased on, but I agree with yeah. a lot of your points. Um, I, I am biased, so I, I mean, I, he, I think... the, the way he has going for him, and he has been good for the international team for sure. For sure. Personal. And they played Walker and Trippier together in some games too. For sure. It's just for me, if I'm if I'm Southgate and I'm picking three right backs, I personally would go with Trent, Walker, and probably Wambasaka, just because they all bring a little something different. I do really like Reese James though. I mean, I seriously think he's gonna be one of the best right backs and I, I think if we were to replace one name on this list for Trent, it would be Reese James. I just think he's a little inexperienced. Trent, while he is on bad form, he has Tons of internet or tons of club experience. Two yep. Champions League finals, uh, Premier League title, and just his young career. I yep. mean, he's played against some of the best players in the world, clearly. So, what I will but, say I mean, though is, what I will say is, I, I don't think I would start Trent though. No, uh, Kyle, I mean, Kyle Walker starting. I don't think there's any. Oh, for sure. I, I would look at those center backs that he's going to be playing with, and they would not fill me with the same confidence as Van Dyke and Joe Gomez or Van Dyke and whoever well, else. Because it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be Maguire and John Stones, Stones probably. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I, I would not put uh, right back next to them who's really, really vulnerable defensively. Who, like who's uh, England's left back? Is it Luke Shaw right now? 
Well, that another crazy, crazy discussion because you got you got Luke Shaw, you got Ben Chilwell. I, I know I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Either way, uh, I feel like Chil- Chilwell's been starting for the last year, but dude, on this current form, again, I know I've I've always dogged Luke Shaw with his milk tits, but. He's been probably the best left back in in the league. Him or well, I mean, you Ken could Sala, probably maybe? pair Luke and Maguire, Luke Shaw and Maguire, and then Stones and Walker on the right, right? Yeah, yeah, but Stones is also pretty vulnerable. But I mean, Walker yeah, he's been good this year, but that's probably because of Ruben Diaz more than John Stones. Yeah, John Stones hasn't been as bad. No, he's he's really improved this year. He really has. Well, uh, just what I don't get. I mean, oh, Saka. Yeah, I don't really see him as like a left back though. And I keep on forgetting Tierney is Scottish. He's not he's not English. Yeah. By the way, they've got at least two uh players in almost every position except the center back. Center backs are definitely England's weakest weakest position, but the right back situation is is pretty crazy, honestly. This doesn't happen often. All right, Kyle, our last story. Sergio Aguero, Premier League great is yes has announced over the international break this will be his last season with Manchester City, making him the last remaining survivor of that, you know, uh, crazy Manchester City title-winning team and moment where he scored with one minute remaining against QPR to win the Premier League title in 2012. So, I mean, I don't don't have the list in front of me, shoot, of where he ranks in terms of... Where he all ranks in terms scores. of all-time goals? Do you have that? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, but I mean, definitely one of City's, if not City's, best striker ever. Um, probably one of the best ever in the Premier League to do it. And it's, I mean, he's he's going to be missed on Manchester City. He's like an icon. I know they're going to build a statue, um, in front of the stadium of him, and it's well deserved. If it's not of him scoring the goal against QPR, then I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, in about 15 years of being a fan of the Premier League, that is, there are two moments that really stick out to me. Well, actually, no, that is the moment that sticks out to me. I was going to say Leicester winning the Premier League, but it's less of a single moment and more of like, that's the craziest story I've ever seen. But I will never forget that Balotelli to Sergio Aguero. Definitely an all-time great uh, you know, definitely in that discussion for, you know, whether or not he's the best striker that the Premier League has ever seen. And of course, talking about after 1992, mm-hmm. but I've got the list up here right now. He is fourth on the all time Premier League goal scoring list with uh, 181 goals. Above him is Andrew Cole from Manchester United on 187, played in the 90s. Wayne Rooney with 208. And Alan Shearer is head and shoulders above everyone of uh, Newcastle and Blackburn with 260 Premier League goals. Um, you got to say, the Premier League has seen some great strikers, but he, at the very least, is definitely going in my top three all-time strikers. I mean, you have to. I mean, look at that fourth ever. And we've had some really good strikers come through the Premier League. I mean, just think yeah. how good Robin Van Persie was in his prime. Like, he was fantastic. Oh, Thierry Henry, man. Thierry Henry. I mean, yes, he split not in England his whole career, but still, I mean, he was an icon for Arsenal, and he doesn't have as many goals in the Premier yeah. League as Aguero Alex does. Alan was, was incredible. I mean, just a machine. I mean, just the, Wayne Rooney. I mean... Uh, Wayne Rooney's longevity, you know? Um, yeah. 
Michael but, Owen, but, too, you could put in that category of not having that longevity. But Aguero, I mean, besides this year where he's been very injured, every year before this year, I mean, a consistent threat and what, I mean, clearly if he has 180 goals or something in those nine years, he's almost averaging 20 goals a season, you know, counting yeah. this year as zero. So for sure, numbers. I, I would say him and Cheer are the two that I look at as like the best finishers. I mean, they were the best goal scorers Premier League's ever seen. I mean, the only players that could maybe eventually get there that are currently playing, you know, maybe a Harry Kane if he stays in the Premier League. But um, yeah, he uh, the streets will never forget Sergio Aguero, which is really weird that he has, for me at least, that he stayed in the Premier League for, what is it, 10 years, more than 10 years. He doesn't strike me as one of these players that would love living and playing in England, but he seems to love it. And uh, which turns me on to like the next, sort of topic i was reading that he wants to stay in the premier league which is one surprising to me but two is very very interesting i mean one do you do you buy that do you buy that he'll stay in the epl or do you think he'll go to argentina la liga or whatever if messi stays at barcelona i could see him going there yeah 100 percent. it's a big if but um would you put that as his most likely destination? Man, I don't know if there is like a most likely. I think there's a bunch of... I could see him going back to Argentina. I think he still has something left in the tank, though. Oh, me too, man. Me too. Um, Granted, well, he, he, he's really struggled with injuries this year. It's not... He has. He has. It's, it's, it's not like his form took a nosedive. I mean, he had surgery last like April or something and didn't mm-hmm. come back until... I don't know, January or February. Right. Um, just trying to think where else he could go. Maybe like there's always like the PSGs or Juve. Juve, Juve you seems know, to love to sign Ren- players on the free. Because Ronaldo's rumored to leave too. So they could sign Aguero for no yeah. transfer fee. Um, Any Italian team is really struggling for money. Say like Inter really needs money and they sell one of Lataro or uh, Lukaku, Lukaku will both right. command a big fee, and big teams want both of them. Um, you know, I could definitely see one of the Italian teams with their struggling finances being interested. Yeah, I could, I could see him going to Italy for sure. Um, Premier League wise, he wouldn't go to United. He just, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. Uh, well, they're not in the rumors. the The rumors that I've read, and of course, with the British press, you can never really be so sure, but. I have read about three teams being interested. I think there are definitely going to be more than that. Um, but Chelsea, Tottenham hmm. Hotspur, and this one is really interesting. But I could see it actually maybe being some in it. Leeds United with Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, that a whole lot of if ands, and buts. But those are the three I've read about. Um, I could see United being interested in it, but I don't see him wanting to go there being a city boy, you know, risking his legacy like that. Yeah, there's no reason for him to do that. Um, he doesn't have anything to prove. <laughs> Nothing. That's why uh, I could see him being somewhat drawn to Leeds. Because I, I, the, the story is, or what I'm reading is, he wants to increase his Premier League goal tally and stay in England. Uh, but well, he, the best he chance of that is playing every game. Or most games, like he would at Leeds. So that's an interesting thought. Uh, Leeds scores a lot of goals. 
Well, I think one thing they do. (laughs) I think he would play pretty regularly at Chelsea too. I really do. That's interesting because they have Timo Werner. They signed for a lot of money. Kai Havertz is starting to play well. Tammy Abraham's an interesting because he's not playing much, and that's a young talent that should be playing somewhere on loan at least. Giroud is old, so his contract's up in the summer. He's like thirty-four. I don't know, man. Giroud's been good for Chelsea, though. Hmm. I wouldn't sell him. I like he's done. Him, but... I mean, for a backup striker, he's done more than his job. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think Giroud over the years has been pretty unfairly disrespected and and underrated. But I don't know. I'm just. I I've just again rumors. You have to take it with a pinch of salt, a big fat pinch of salt, but I'm reading that he would be interested in both Chelsea and Tottenham, which I don't really get the whole Tottenham thing, what he would see in that, but I, I mean, mean, maybe, obviously he's, maybe he knows that Kane's like, leaving. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Be careful there, because who's your striker? Oh, I know he's on the outs too, but we're going to get paid. I mean, he's going to get, I mean, like you would for Kane, but Holland is going to attract oh, yeah. 150 million plus. Yep. And we paid twenty. <laughs> Isn't that the biggest joke ever? That yeah, we signed hilarious. him over United. <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. But yeah, oh. I, I, by the way, as as a I was gonna say the neutral Premier League fan, I'm not really neutral, but <laughs> as as someone who's generally a fan of the league, I would love to see Aguero stay in a place where he will play pretty regularly. With him getting older though, I do wonder if he would be open to playing second fiddle to someone like at whether it's at Chelsea or Spurs, but um, just for the neutral, let's hope let's hope he stays around. All right, Kyle, we don't have time for Champions League, but we do have time for a couple of game picks. So we have three interesting matches, I would say, this weekend. So the first one I'm going to tee up against you is third place Leicester City travels to fourth place West Ham United, Kyle. What is going to happen in that game? Mm, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester are going to win. Yeah, and I feel very confident about that. I, you know, yes, three goals in the first 20 minutes or whatever against Wolves for West Ham, but they really kind of collapsed in that second half. Um, I don't know. Am I weird? Am I like wrong in saying that I feel like their performance is kind of dipping? Hard to say when they jump teams and go into fourth place, but. Yeah, I just, I, mean, I don't they know. Just... I, I, Lester, Lester are surprising me with being pretty, you know, solid in recent weeks. So I got to go Lester. I'm going to go a 1-1 draw, Kyle. Oh, you're nervous about Lester, aren't you? Um, I wouldn't be surprised at this game. I'm nervous they're going to get the points they need before the final three games. That's what mm-hmm. I'm nervous for. Mm-hmm. Um, the second game we're going to go to, Tottenham Hotspur is hosting... Manchester United. If you recall, they went to Old Trafford earlier in the year and won six to one. Kyle, <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. What uh, is the result of this game? I'm gonna sit on the fence and say a draw. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say one-one draw in a game where everyone is gonna say that Spurs look horrible, United are better, but I think Jose is gonna Jose and. After this last press conference, I think he's going to want something to shove back in the media's face. I'm going to go one-one draw. United are going to come out, and they have something to prove because Spurs kicked their ass at Old Trafford. 
and United are going to want to do it the same. So they're going to unite it. They're going to draw a penalty. Bruno Fernandez is going to score a penalty and go 20 for 21 at Manchester United. And they're going to win 3 to 1 against Tottenham Hotspur, Kyle. Yeah. I that's, mean, honestly, that's what logic would, would suggest, right? Man. What is Jose, Jose going to say if they lose 3 to 1? Throw his Man. team under the bus again or something. All right, Kyle, the last game we're going to preview, and you probably have no idea which one I'm going to pick here because I, I only said two, but now I said three. The third one is Crystal Palace are hosting Chelsea Football Club, Kyle. Crystal Palace is king, are kings of the draws, but Chelsea really need three points in this game. Who's going to win? Man, I, I think Chelsea are going to want to react. Tuchel. Tuchel strikes me as a manager who kind of like Jose Mourinho in a way loves to like poke and prod his players and play mind games with them. And he won't hesitate to throw them under the bus and just shit on them in the dressing room. I think he's going to demand a reaction. I think he's going to get it. I I think Chelsea, you're going to breeze in this one. Um, I'm going to say two nil. I'm going to go a one, one draw Kyle. And here's why. Well, I, I hope you're right, man. Here's why. They just came off a dominating performance against Porto on Wednesday in Sevilla. They now have to play on Saturday at 9.30 a.m. And then they go, and I think they play Porto on Tuesday back in Sevilla, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, they play Porto on Tuesday. So that's a lot of travel um, and a Champions League game you need to secure. So I think they're going to come out a little flat in this game against Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace are just going to do what Palace does and make the game ugly. So I'm going to go one-to-one. This definitely has like a Roy Hodgson-esque Crystal Palace performance written all over it. But I just like, as a pessimistic Spurs fan, I just like, I don't know, man. Well, just think about it. They have a big game, Champions League, they need to secure, which they likely will, but they're not going to play their scrubs against Porto because that, you know, risk losing that game. And then they have FA Cup semifinals against City then following Saturday. Like, they they might rest some players in this game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, they might be a little little distracted. So either way, it'll be interesting. Um, will we get more answers on that fourth position? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go to the bitter end, that last three weekends of the season where Chelsea have a crazy schedule and Leicester have a crazy schedule. Yep. Nothing will be decided before then. Mm-mm. Yep, should be interesting. Grab your popcorn. All right, Kyle, that does it for us. Uh, make sure you tune in to the non-existent Twitter channels and Instagram channels of at Over the Top EPL. They will be firing back up here shortly. So uh, with the hiatus of the podcast became the hiatus of the social media, and that's mostly my fault with the new job. So we're settling in, and we will uh, we'll get those firing back up shortly. Well, uh, you're not alone in the new job world, so that's kind of why both of us are struggling here. But hey, man. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to make it work. Why are we doing this on a little indie podcast, right? Yeah. Um, Well, until next time, we should be podcasting maybe Tuesday of next week. So hopefully a new episode next Wednesday. We'll keep you updated on the social media. But for Kyle, I am Justin. Uh, Make sure you like and subscribe the podcast on Apple or on Spotify. And we'll see you next week.